on the next Weekend Bugle. So one of the things that we talk about a lot on this show in general is the uh, sort of earnestness Mm -hmm. of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. And this past week, film crit Hulk wrote an article for The Observer, 10 years later, why the Wachowskis flop Speed Racer is actually a masterpiece. And it's an article about how Speed Racer is really earnest and goofy and cornball. And he compares it to the films of Sam Raimi. Yeah. And I thought maybe on the next Weekend Bugle, we could watch Speed Racer, sort of revisit Speed Racer, and maybe talk about Spider-Man and all the things that we love about earnestness on Spider-Man. Totally. I mean, it sounds like a great idea because that is maybe one of the poster child films for a film that is like so deep tissue, aw shucks, earnest, and why that's great, even if some people don't uh, connect to it initially. So it's right up our alley and it's a it's a good topic for us and we've also got uh, regular geek culture news and things like that everything from you know movies that have been announced in development or <laughs> tv shows getting brought back <laughs> from from the brink of destruction uh you know this is our spot to to hang out and talk about it so if you guys are interested in that come hang out with us on the weekend bugle duelinggenre.com slash support become a patreon subscriber and you'll get to hear that conversation and all of the other patreon exclusive conversations that we have over there so that's duelinggenre.com slash support and hopefully you'll hear from us this weekend Back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze, criticize, and ooh, squint your eyes. <laughs> Spider-Man 2, <laughs> one spine-stabbing minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Jonathan Howell from Minute Impossible. Welcome back, Jonathan. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> to- today we're talking about Minute 35. I don't think like Zach was ready for that I one. I blindsided. Oh, God. I just... I just love throwing Zach off immediately <laughs> upon opening an episode. Uh, today, we are talking about Minute 35, which starts with Otto explaining the purpose of his arms uh, and ends oh, with nice. Otto explaining the tech behind his arms. Heck yeah, it does. It's all arms all day here. All arms. All arms. It's Friday. So it's arms day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sig lave day for another day, bruh. Uh, <laughs> oh, legs are legs are gross. gross. <laughs> if only we could do this show eight days a week. Well, I love that this is the this is our first look at Alfred Molina's dad bod. Heck yeah, it is in full force. Heck yeah, yes, it is. and this is this and is his a, fit a, as an owner of a dad bod. I'm very happy that we are represented now in movies. <laughs> they are. There. You know what else is is uh, is represented? So okay, so as soon as he as soon as he takes off his jacket completely and he's got the um, 
He's got the tank top and the the pants. The mm. dress pants that he's wearing, <clears throat> because they're gr- they're gray and he's got the thing and he's got the belt around. He looks like like an old timey weightlifter, like a weightlifter <laughs> from like yeah. like the sixties or seventies. Yeah, you yeah. know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger time period. Yeah, uh, you know, like a wrestling singlet. Which, yeah, right. Which I really like, but then. I think my favorite style choice are the is the dress shoes with the with the tank top. Ah, it's beautiful. It's it's uh what are we farmers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do I'm I'm going to do fusion. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not dressing like a pauper. Oh, I just love it so much. I love that he wears dress shoes. It's great. Uh, yeah. I love is. that as I clearly they've rehearsed the timing of this bit because as soon as he steps up onto the platform uh again you know sexiest man alive 2005 daniel day kim comes sliding in there with the control panel thingamajig it's just like timed perfectly he's like there you go that's what i do yep it, it's he br- yeah he brings in slides in that keyboard and then he, he pushes three buttons <laughs> which again terry could have totally taken care of this in the background yeah yeah no keep on scrolling there buddy yeah <laughs> everything's for uh, me so his arms are impervious to heat and and magnetism. Yes. That's very specific. Yeah. It is. It yeah. is. Well, it, it, but it's it is very specific, but what I like about it is it's just it's sort of establishing what we're going to be dealing with uh in the uh-huh. next next week, you uh-huh. know, with the accident. It's like, okay, well, there's a sun, so that's heat. Yep. And then uh there's also going to be Gravitational forces. Yeah, gravitational forces, which, but, but they're not right because it's only metal that it affects. It's, yeah, it's gravitational forces with metal specifically. So it's, it's so literally it's, yeah, right. magnetism. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Um, which would be yeah. would be the case, right? Like whenever there's like a solar flare on the sun, that's there's like a huge like spike in electromagnetic radiation, right? Like like I yeah I think so. Is a thing. That's right. Yeah. So I mean. You're building the sun in an enclosed environment. Yeah, like maybe the whole magnetic field thing would be a big issue thing. I don't know how physically it's possible to build things that are impervious to magnetism like in general. Like, I mean, you can well, build it out it, of non-ferrous it, materials, but like... Right. Yeah. 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 That's probably what he means, but... Right. And I went and researched. I'm like, have <clears throat> we as humans created a metal yet that can withstand heat? Mm. And the only thing that it's ever been created here, here we go, guys. This oh is this goes God. down a rabbit hole. I'll nice. try and be as fast as possible. Mission Impossible. Something style. called Starlight. Ooh. It's called Starlight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was invented. This is where it goes way off the rails. <laughs> it was invented by an amateur chemist and hairdresser, <laughs> <laughs> Maurice Ward. Wow. And during the 70s and 80s, he supposedly had it. It was in Britain. He had it on a technology show and it was able to withstand, you know, like tens of thousands of degrees and not even be hot. Whoa. He had invented some sort of metal. Here's the problem. Hmm. He never wanted NASA to get the technology because he was scared he was going to lose his patents. He kept it so close that he never told anyone. And then when he died, his family has not come forward with it either in 2011. So what? Whoa. The, the level, the level of, is this real goes way down the fact that <laughs> wow. it can't be proven. It's only been shown like as a, I forget what it was. It was like a, yeah. A tech demo. They were working on a fabrication process, Whoa. but uh, so, 
are, are we to assume in this, is this a wink and a nod that this is adamantium or vibranium or something? I, mm, I don't know. Without saying those two things in the Marvel Universe? I, 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 I think, I think so. I think that's what they're doing. Cause I mean, you know, we see a few other like winks and nods to Marvel universe things throughout this movie. Mm. Um, and like, I, it, you know, I, I think this is probably one of those. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the comic book, it's overlapping layers of titanium, niobium steel, titanium, mm-hmm. niobium steel. Look, I went deep guys. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> I went a little you. crazy on the arms. <laughs> I want to know what they are. <laughs> I love it. Well, maybe I've, in this, you know, version of the world, because as we've said a few times in the show, they don't, they don't, these movies don't quite take place in our world. This is a right. no, they don't. little pocket right. universe. They take place on Earth 96283. Beautiful. Thank you. Wow. I'm, uh, on board wow. with it. I love it. Yeah. This is the world that the, that the Spider-Man wiki yeah. has designated for these set of films, yeah. not the new Spider-Man no, no, films no. or the ones in the middle. Nope. Every one of them has their own Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> would need Spider-Verse. Because he doesn't cross over. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. This, I love it. Oh, so yeah. good. So maybe in this one, Ock was pals with the hairdresser or something and was able to, like, <laughs> you know figure out the fabrication process there was uh yeah because there was a uh i I believe that comes from spider-verse like all of the numbering and everything uh Mm -hmm. because there was like there was a there's a really funny line where um uh dan slott when he when he wrote spider-verse he wanted every version of spider-man in it but he couldn't get sony to relinquish the rights to Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire mm. relinquish the rights to get the rights to their likenesses to put them in the comic. Right. Uh, so instead, he just had someone say, did you see that Spider-Man that looks like Tobey Maguire? Yeah, I saw another one that looks like that that guy from, you know, <laughs> an episode network. of Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah, or Social <laughs> Network or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so he that's what he did instead. And uh, I imagine, so I imagine it, because it was in a Marvel comic, that means like some nerd somewhere had to come up designate with a numbering it. system. Yeah, designate everything. So that's great. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if I wanted to, I can I can do some like deep tissue nonsense here if, if we want. Uh, just in sure. terms of like crediting people. So the um, the main design for these arms uh, that that we see here, like the 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 version that appear in the movie, were done by Paul Catling, and he was an an artist. Um, artist and sculptor who works mostly out of England and they had been working on the design for these things for a while and hadn't quite like cracked the look of Doc Ock yet. And so they asked the costume department, cause this was, you know, the art department working on this stuff. They asked the costume department, do you have any ideas of artists we might bring in? And, and James Atchison, who is the lead costume designer on this film and the previous film said, well, I know a couple guys in England. Why don't we fly them over? So they flew over this guy, Paul Catling to like do a trial period of working on Spider-Man two and the first thing they did was like, show us what your take on Doc Ock would be. And the first painting he did, they're like, oh, you nailed it. So like they went through like some, you know, little uh, like different permutations of the design of Doc Ock and how he would look and how the, the tentacles would look. But it's it's still like 80 to 90 percent that original first painting that um, 
that Paul and Cowley. And this could have been so dumb. Yeah. And they figured it out. The second they figured out to put it on his back mm-hmm. and not on his sides, like, yeah. like my classic, like my, I, I was going to ask you guys later in this episode, but I can ask you now, mm. well, who's your Doc Ock? Like my Doc Ock wore green. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and gloves. And he had tubes out of his sides. Yeah. And it was lame looking. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. They could have easily gone down that path. And I was really worried at first. I'm like, mm, what are these arms going to look like? Yeah. But it's almost... And they, uh, it's so good. Yeah, this like yeah. biomechanical you, flavor it has where it... Cause he, if you look, it also has, has that like mm-hmm. construction yellow yeah, underneath. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like it's, what a fun thing to add. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's equipment. His tentacles it, aren't cause, one cause it, color. It, it, well, it gives it, a, it gives it a sort of a reptile quality, like, yeah, the, like, yeah. the, like a yellow belly on a, on a reptile, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's really yeah. great. Um, and uh, that the, the, the spinal thing, like the... The weird mm-hmm. way it like oh. almost like a like an alien thing. Uh, also, Paul Paul Catling in his first uh, painting of Doc Ock, he came up with that. And so there were a lot of other artists that that worked on it, like you do in in design. Um, the uh, the rib closure device, the harness, the the way that it actually closes in on him, that was mostly designed by James Carson. And then the um, this I love that I I, I, uh, I oh that little meshy like interlocking mm-hmm. thing. yeah yeah where they where they like sort of chains. like. With they like they like hold hands, yeah, and then get like tightened together. Uh, it's really, it's really it's, good. It's, it's very really, satisfying. It's like, and and the I love the sound design there too because they don't just make it sound like, you know, an articulation linking together. They've got these like slicey sounds, like somebody sharpening knives or something. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. A and they violent. didn't go with like servos, yeah. which is good too. They yeah. they didn't go with because they could have easily have done that. Mm-hmm. Right. And they went with this really fun. Oh, that fa- I'm just looking right now at the little back thing uh-huh. that's going in him, and it's so it's such a practical effect. It's so pretty. It's so and then creepy. we and then we cut to Harry looking like he's pretending to be a grown up. Um, <laughs> he's got his arms crossed and his grown up face. Like he looks like he looks like two kids wearing a trench coat. Yes, he um, does. He's Vincent <laughs> an adult man for sure. Yeah. Right here. <laughs> Did he know that Osborne was gonna pull this? Like, did he know about the arms? I don't I mean, I don't know. it seems like he didn't because <laughs> when we see him, he's like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, getting a little well, weird, God, Otto. I, yeah, because well, because I love the idea that he is just like, what do you what is this? This isn't what we talked about. This isn't what yeah. I paid for. Yeah. You said fusion. But yeah, you said fusion, you not like this weird spine thing. <laughs> um, it's fine. I just invented artificial intelligence and this weird spine thing. It's fine. Like, <laughs> on my way to fusion. I just had to do that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Because there's no other way for me to fondle fusion than to use these arms. <laughs> but this uh, this acupuncture uh, like spine Ugh. thing. So it is. I mean, it's a it's a rough watch. Like yeah, it, it it's painful looking. And the close up of of Alfred Molina's wince oh, yeah, uh, uh, is is bad. But I think the worst part of it is that it 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 happens in two stages. So yeah. like, yeah, you get it and you're like, oh, and then it happens again. <laughs> oh. If you watch, it's not. I mean, that's not a dummy. That's that's a person. I probably uh, probably not Alfred Molina. Yeah, probably someone else that they put in for the second unit stuff. But I mean, it you can see the skin actually put. They must have put tension in there somehow yeah. like, to get those things to push. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. probably pushing instead of. Or they're pulling instead of pushing, right? Right. So there's, no, you know, the fiber's not actually going into him, right? But right. it, you can see it 
there's pressure being applied to it. Could easily be someone actually standing right on camera, mm. pushing the thing on his spine harder. Yeah, right. But, but you can see a, the the actual physical like not weight, but the force of it attaching to him. It's really good. Yeah. Like yeah, in a I, in a movie that's PG and like for kids, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's as gross as it needs to be. Well, it's one of those yeah. things. There's, it's like I don't know, like watching an old like werewolf movie or monster movie or something where it truly is a bit of movie magic that makes you go i don't know how they did that you know like right totally uh, yeah because you like thinking about it you like thinking is are those just they they seem rigid but i bet when they curve inward mm, inside mm -hmm. it i'm like yeah that's because they obviously can't come back out they came back out they'd be all bent right so right you know i love thinking about that kind of stuff yeah especially when i was a kid i was i saw this movie actually as an adult but so so i would have um <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have, I, I would still be imagining this kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Like, um, I don't know. It's, it's rare now, I think, because the answer is almost always CGI now. Like, how do they yeah. pull off this impossible thing? Oh, well, probably you do it with CGI. But this feels like a, I, I yeah. don't know. It feels like a monster. And movie. I read with, I read a bunch of things with Alfred Molina when he was taught doing uh, uh, pr press for this movie. Mm -hmm. And he said, anything that's not a far away shot is practical. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which the, is the puppets which is, and everything. At the else, time, yeah. is still amazing that they did that. They did that. I mean, it's mm -hmm. gorgeous because they could have easily have done like some CG, like especially like when you like the one that the one I think it's uh, what's her name. Uh, the, they all have names, but yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But you know, the one that pulls his glasses off. <laughs> yes, right. You know, yeah, the dad well, is I, I such think, a gentle, but, like the you know these gentle touches that they had. Flo, her name's Flo. Flo. Right. Yeah. I I think the CGI was still too cost prohibitive back then oh you do mm, maybe. yeah 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 maybe for that kind of articulation yeah. well not not only for that and kind of articulation and detail but also just using it that much for close-up yeah mm. yeah like, maybe, well, just, right. just using it that much having that many shots mm -hmm. of 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 that it, it's just too cost prohibitive i think yeah yeah imagine imagine now having that shot where um you know, Tony Stark's landing on Stark Tower and having his suit taken off him. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And imagine that with this. Yeah. I mean, the budget alone for that would be insane. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I would actually argue that uh, Doc, o the design of Doc o Ock's mm. arms leads sort of us directly to the look of Tony Stark's technology because mm. it's mm. Yeah. It, it has a very it has similar a biomechanical yeah very like, similar i love the flaps look. flaps is the wrong word that sounds gross but it's <laughs> <laughs> there is there's definitely like an over like it's like a you know these these little pieces mm -hmm. yeah like yeah. vertebrae it, yeah yeah, yeah. Like it feels like everything kind of locks inner interlocking and that's yeah. that's what always was so tight about tony stark's suit yeah is that everything word into place and but yeah loser, like when the um when he pulls them out and then like the the ends the grippy ends kind of like spring open and adjust and transform that that's that same feeling of like the the flaps on the outside of tony when he's like um in the first iron man testing out the air flaps or whatever and all yeah. the pieces yeah. of the, the start sliding around it feels that same way where it can be one thing but can also turn around and do extra stuff like yeah. you get the feeling that there's and no end to the extra things these arms could do and for the rest of this episode, you know, we need to call them by their names. Larry, <laughs> Harry, Flo, and Mo. Larry, Harry, mm -hmm. Flo, and Mo. I love it. Larry and Harry are at the bottom. Uh -huh. They're the biggins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the they're, they're the walkers. 
Yeah. They're the big guys. Yeah. And then Flo and Mo are the delicate. Precision yeah. ones. And Flo is the one that always uh, hands him the drink and gives him the glasses. Yeah. Right. Or takes them off. He's the mother. Yeah. She's the mother. The, like top right And she one. was, what's what's the best thing about that is that she was done by a female puppeteer. Yeah. Which is crazy. Nice. So that's a, such a great touch to have the, well, I think they had like 15 or 16 people. Yeah. Yeah. And then one of them was a woman. Mm-hmm. And so they had her, she was the puppeteer on the left, upper left you know, whatever tentacle. right tentacle, mm-hmm. and, and uh, on flow, mm-hmm. and and they had her be the the mother. <laughs> I love it. I love that. I love yeah. that. Like you know, as the team works together, and we're like, oh well, well who's going to take precedence on this? Because it's not like they had you know just four puppeteers working on this. I, I I tried to get a list in the credits of credited puppeteers, and a lot of them weren't credited, so it's hard to to track them down. But some have added themselves on IMDb. But there's still at least. Uh, 10 that are listed um working on mm-hmm. when when they had to do an elaborate bit with the with the arms there's like a crew of 10 people working together to manipulate mm-hmm. yeah because they probably had to do each little section had to kind of because it doesn't just yeah it's not a puppet mm-hmm. it's not just like a hand inside it yeah it's the kind of turn and move yeah right. so s- somebody's job might Serpentine. be you know just the um, gross large movement of the thing and somebody else's job is the precision of the pincers and somebody else's job is the rotation and somebody else has to like make sure if it um connects the right way. like it's just i when when it's pulled off right and there's that just magic of i don't i just buy it um yeah with a physical prop i there's something just absolutely magical about it i love it. yeah it's but, like it's like a labyrinth or any of the mm-hmm. the hints and stuff mm-hmm. that was when they were you know, rolling on all cylinders, you just be like, I don't know how this was made yeah. by hand, but I know it's real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So something yeah, pu- puppeteering is amazing. I, I, I mean, I, I saw War Horse in the theater and I, oh, me and too. I, yeah. and I, and I, and I loved it, but then I, I saw it in the theater on stage and it's like, it's way, it feels way more like a real horse on stage than it did in the movie. Which uh, is like, it's crazy. Cause if you haven't seen the stage show, the, the puppets they have on the stage show aren't attempting to look realistic in any way they're like these big sort of skeletal shapes that it's the shape of a horse but just the way that they move like two minutes in you're like oh my god that's an animal like you just buy it it's beautiful yeah it's crazy uh puppeteering is incredible absolutely incredible and i think Um, that grace is what keeps this grounded like mm -hmm. alfred molina is grounding the character in someone that we like yes and Mm -hmm. he's tragically interesting Mm -hmm. and i think those things become evil Mm-hmm. And I think that that creates a character for at least for Doc Ock. I'm going to move past my minutes. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, it creates it creates a, a character who is conflicted. Yeah, in mm-hmm. that he's being controlled. Like the the tentacles are jerks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doc Ock's a nice guy. Yeah. So I, I like I love that 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 there's a in, in it's kind of the same as as in the first movie with uh, Green Goblin and. Uh, Norman, yeah, you know, right. talking to talk, talking back and forth with the, because at some point, doesn't he have a talking moment where he's talking to them? Hundred percent. What What's interesting is that for some reason Sam Raimi just has a thing for that in yeah. these movies because mm-hmm. all three of them have a character a character like that. You you yeah. have oh, you yeah. know you have you have you have Norman talking to the Green Goblin. You've got uh, you know Otto talking to his arms, and then mm-hmm. you've got uh, Peter talking to the symbiote. 
Um, and right. later Eddie talking to the symbiote. So yeah, yeah it's it's uh, it's it's interesting that it seems to be something that he really hooked onto. Something another another Sam Raimiism that I I every time I see it I laugh because it doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> is this bit where uh, when the when the second row of uh, of, of of spine stabbies mm-hmm. uh, go in. Uh, you cut to the audience yes. wincing. <laughs> they can't see anything. Right. What are they wincing at? Yeah. Yeah. He's got his back is on the is is in the other direction. They're not wincing at anything, but we cut to oh, them wincing. We finally figured out what Terry's doing. He has a video camera. Oh, he's videoing Terry. his back. There it is. And it's oh. on all of the screens. We just can't see the screen. We just can't see oh, the screen. Okay. He's recording okay. it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes but sense. like <laughs> is that good enough? Yeah. But even, <laughs> I just, even without I, I just, the I just love it because it's, it's it's yeah. such a pure Sam Raimi thing. Like yeah. he just wanted that moment. That's all. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make any sense. It's like yeah. it's slightly Spiel, Spielbergian. That type of like uh, the thing itself becomes more awe-inspiring when you see people reacting with awe. So like, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't make sense that they would see the thing, when we see them wince, it I don't know, it just finishes it better. It just it's the emotional moment we need that makes emotional sense, not not logical sense. I've been right. I've been banging that drum for a while, but I think it's a good it's a good bang to drum that like it's more important for it to feel right than for it to make sense. I don't know. In the moment like the birth of the of the monster so to speak, like um the the nanowires have gone in and it's right before they actually move. When we have Those the very nano. Yeah, I don't know. They're, he calls them nanowires. They're just I wires. Yeah, they're... He's like they're nanowires. No, I saw them. They're, they're big big needles. Big Big needles. Big old, All right, go on. Big old spine needles. Maybe the nanowires are inside them. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, maybe that's it. Um, but that we have this like crane shot in on Alfred Molina, like looking up. It reminds me of um, well, like you might have stayed with me for this. It reminds me of Christopher Reeve in that this isn't the sort of like look Christopher Reeve would give or something like that. But in terms of like, you know how when you watch the first like two Superman movies. Christopher Reeve makes you believe he could fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are only two Superman movies. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> like, e- even if the flying effects aren't 100% perfect or whatever, when he, like, stands up tall and, like, looks like he's about to blast off, you believe that man can fly. Molina, mm-hmm. in this moment, that little struggle he gives before mm-hmm. they, like, make the full connection, before, like, the neural, you know, linkage is complete, he makes me believe he can control machines with his mind. Like he sells well, the unreality. Yeah, because it's like he's trying. He's like searching for his new appendages. Because that would be a weird yeah. feeling, right? Because it's not. It's not just that he's controlling them with his mind, right? Yeah. I think that's like sort of a simplification. Because sure, sure, yeah. We 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 control all of our appendages with our minds. Like that's <laughs> that's yeah. how We're biology works. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's that's how biology works, and and that's what this is. That's why um, the the wires are 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 in his spine. Which, by the way, they are wires. The needles are applicators. The oh. the wires are inside the needles. We see it later in the um, in, in the, the surgery scene. Oh, in, yeah, in the when hospital, they have the X ray, yeah. the wires are embedded in his spine. Gotcha. The nanofibers, yeah. right? The nanofibers, exactly. Um, so uh, yeah, so so you know he is giving himself new appendages mm-hmm. and he how many times do you think he's done this before i don't think he's ever done it before because yeah. how would he get those out like how would he Scream. get uh, yeah i guess yeah, yeah it just have seems like he would stand have on his back and pull oh. he wouldn't, wouldn't he have wouldn't he have scars 
where they went yeah. in. Or, You're right. Or, the, he's yeah. never put those in before. Yeah. No, never. And this is a one and done thing. Right. <sighs> what what I believe is not necessarily that he's controlling these these arms or whatever. I mean, you definitely feel that way throughout the movie. But what I'm really impressed by here mm. is that he's doing it for the first time. He's finding his new arms. Yeah. And he's just sort of, you know, mm. looking looking off stage and yeah. finding right. them. Like, he's just like, where are... Because, like, the, the sensation of suddenly having four more appendages Ugh. would be so strange. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I I don't know how he's selling it, but he's just, oh, man, he's nailing it. It's like with a twitch of his eyebrow. Yeah. yeah. And I love that he's having to actually think about it. And it wasn't yes. perfect. Mm-hmm. Because uh, later on in the movie, when you know when he loses the inhibitor chip and they're kind of controlling it, he has more control over them because I think they're doing a lot of the grunt work. Right. Right. Like right. they're thinking independently. Mm-hmm. Right. When yeah. he's having to, when it's still him doing it, yeah, right. There's a lot. First of, of all, why would you invent something that could take over your body? Well, come, that, you guys could talk about that in well, later. Well, here's, here's yeah. a fun, fun thing about that. Well, I mean, we, could, I guess, we could talk about it when the the later things come up. But just like in terms of, I this minute feels a lot about like the design of these arms and whatnot. And a, a thing I liked in the Mark Cutavaz book for this this film that uh, Scott and I both read before we started this was a discussion of story ideas coming from design. And mm-hmm. when they were working on the design for these uh, tentacles, one of the things that they did was like, oh, let's research, I don't know, how tentacles work in octopuses and things like that. You know, Dr. Octopus. Right. And there's this thing about um, octopuses that ha- they have a different type of nervous system than we do, which is why, like, if you cut off an octopus's arm, it'll keep rolling around for a while. That, like, the movements are so precise and there's so many limbs that some of the processing power of the nervous system is literally in the limbs themselves. Um, yeah. And there's, there's like some octopuses that can like remove an arm and the arm will continue heading towards the purpose that it was a, like the original instruction it was given because it has enough. That makes sense. Not a, not a real brain, but enough of a brain to keep going in it. So, so it's the same, you know, it's the same thing we had in some, uh, the larger dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. I think those appendages are so far away mm-hmm, from its mm-hmm. brain that they're like, it has to have some sort of a more substantial nerve bundle to like help. Yeah. Yeah. Move it it's not a brain, but it is a, yeah. Yeah. So when they were like, Oh, this idea that like there is a low level intelligence in the limbs themselves, that could be what if we what if we incorporated that into the story and because they were you know writing the script on such a you know uh, a, a, at pace with coming up with the designs at the same time that it was back and forth type of thing that they later incorporated that into it uh i just think it's a cool i don't know little discovery there that like yeah, oh. it's a frightening way to do a movie but it, <laughs> it's sometimes with the creative process it could be better i mean i work in uh web design mm-hmm. and sometimes it's better when i'm in a room with developers and myself yeah. and also people who are writing the content and we're all kind of hashing it out beforehand yeah mm-hmm. as opposed to someone just handing me a book and being like here's the content yeah make it like this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that cross-pollination i i just i get a real kick out of it um Get it literally comes from the idea of octopus arms. Yeah, Doc Octopus. It's pretty cool. Since we're talking about octopus arms uh-huh. mm. and uh, and Doc Ock's powers, I'd like to tell you what at least Wiki says all of his powers are. Oh boy, since we're talking about those. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> they're awesome. Uh, well, first of all, like like Scott said, he has telepathic control over his tentacles. Mm-hmm. Big whoop. We all do, <laughs> right? <laughs> 
Well, well, no, but but, but in, but in wait, the case yeah, of the comics, to... but in the case of the comics, his arms can come on and off. And yep, that's that's where it goes. Are, yeah, if they are off, he can telepathically tell them to come back to Do him. Do you know how far away is the longest recorded? No. What is? No. Nine hundred miles. What? Wow. <laughs> uh, my uh, my uh, my arms are in uh, Topeka, Kansas. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. I mean that's insane. That that one that one made me laugh. Um, like telescoping it. that's fine. That makes perfect sense. Uh-huh. They can stretch out. Mm-hmm. They have superhuman strength. That one makes total sense to uh, about eight tons each. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. They're saying yeah. that, that's a good amount. Mm. The my favorite is the one the high wind generation. The tentacles can generate fifty mile per hour winds if spun like a giant fan. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, God. That's a good one. <laughs> Um, Helicopter on. Wait, that's great. The, the, yeah. Oh, I'd love to see him fly. Yeah. Uh, you know, wall climbing and traveling. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Sensation feeling. So he can feel uh, through the mechanical arms like a hand. Hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little, because I mean, it is the uh, harness is uh, in his central nervous system. I don't know right. how you would feel it if you had metal fingertips. I don't know how that works because remember he also said this was impervious to heat so you couldn't feel heat yeah or or magnetism not that that ever comes up (laughs) you you can't and then uh the last one that that just makes this whole list awful yeah uh superhuman concentration ah yes dr octopus possesses extraordinary mental abilities and concentration Mm. what no He's just a smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have superhuman concentration. That's stupid. That's not a power. They're saying that because he was affected by radiation, that radiation gave him super concentration. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is That's a, dumb. A bit that in helicopter arms is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, comics. Oh, oh comics. Uh, well, because they're having it. They're having it. You know, someone one day was like, what if we had him spin really fast and make him, you know, like blow? Spider-Man away. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably Stan, Stan Lee. Lee. Yeah, yeah it's probably yeah. Stan Lee. <laughs> Excelsior. Mm-hmm. Uh, comics. Um. <laughs> yeah, and then this, in this minute, we also get to see a game we talked about earlier, but the the difference in the two. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The four of them. You get right. it, like, I don't know, a second. You have, you have like two, you have two pairs. You've got the the top guys uh, are are sort of the more delicate, uh, mm-hmm. detail-oriented arms and then you've got the the bruisers down yeah. below yeah, uh, yeah with are, like because they, they, have, they don't look, have like points right mm. they look more like um like three-toed bird feet sort of yeah you know yeah, yeah. like a pelican mm-hmm. yeah 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 whereas the uh, other ones look dainty and have like a like a thin like little right i love all the things inside of them too i can't tell what they all have i'm i think they have like lasers and all these you know mm-hmm. these cool Cool. Well, we know that they each have cameras. They have cameras. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, like each each in the center, the red dot in the center is is yeah. all of the yeah and microphones. Those are all the camera and uh, uh, an AV setup. Um, can you but... imagine having a camera in four arms? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine having eyeballs at the ends of four extra arms you have? Uh, I I also really like how when we see the shot of we're sort of like going up his body with the arms as they're waking up, mm-hmm. you can see that the uh, when they're closed, all the arms are identical. Yeah. I really like yeah. that detail. I like yeah. that they're identical when they're closed and then they open into different details. I yeah. think that's cool. That shot, too, is one of my favorites in the movie, I think, of Mm -hmm. rising up his back and seeing them. Mm -hmm. Like, 
the Danny Elfman score is going full tilt there, and it's yeah, uh, it's trailer shot. I love but... all the exposed wires mm-hmm. in in these things. Uh, it just God, they're cool looking. They're really cool. Um, cre- How can they have exposed wires if they are impervious to heat? You know, the the wires are made of the adamantium. <laughs> so that's, that's the first application of adamantium uh, was making wires. It's it's really best if you. <laughs> really best if you don't ask too many questions. Oh, you know what um, it is? Each tentacle generates its own force field around <laughs> the tentacle, which okay. All right, here's how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's how I'll explain it. So you see, there's <laughs> on each um on the on the base arms because like the exposed wires aren't in the in the top arms. Um, no, no, the but, da- yeah, the yeah, yeah, Mo but, and Flo. Yeah, right on Mo and Flo, they're not there. But they're on and Larry and yeah, Harry, on ha- on Harry and Larry. Uh, the the exposed wires, right? So you've got the exposed wires, but they're only in this little center area. And what you've got at the tips of each sort of toe, I don't know. It looks like something where like something comes out of them. Almost. Yeah, like they're yeah. like little. You see what I'm talking about? Almost injectory um, type looking things. Yeah, squirters. Yeah, squirters. I almost wonder. I almost wonder. <laughs> they're little if, squirters. I wonder if those f- create like the three of them create some sort of force field that it uses to like as like surface area to push back the fusion mm. power that we're seeing later. Mm-hmm. And so the oh, fusion maybe power uses never reaches mag- the middle. The hot yeah. Part. Could like they use magnetism? Whatever. I mean, I know they're, they, since they can't be affected by it, they can magnetism. they generate their own magnetic yes. fields? And that's how it holds the fusion yeah. ball together. There it is. There it that's is. possible. I think we're, I think we're possible. there. I think we're there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I also probably should have said this earlier, but credit to Edge FX was the company that built the physical props for these, um, these the physical puppets for the arms. They're gorgeous. They're just amazing. It's incredible uh. puppets. <laughs> incredible <laughs> puppets. Uh. There's also one arm that's way closer to the audience than the other three. <laughs> when we see a uh, when we see the the shot, the glamour of, shot. Uh, yeah, or or I'm sorry. There's one that's way farther away. And oh, the other okay. ones are really close. Uh, yeah. And I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't. Maybe there wasn't room for the 10 puppeteers that are operating these things. And so they're yeah. like, you know, uh, let me look at my list. Uh, you know. Like uh, like if you look at the video monitor, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why don't you take a couple just, steps back, buddy? Then <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the video monitor uh, matches where the arms are. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, three of those arms are very nearsighted. Yeah. Um, Ring range, yeah, it's like ridiculously far back. Uh, like, oh yeah, that one arm is like. <laughs> well, what every other one has like a different focal length. They've all got like the four focal lengths you'd use, mm-hmm. right? Like crazy close. One's like blurry up in the left corner. They might need to work on that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Little check the gate. You know, maybe it's flow. <laughs> yeah, maybe flow is just like you know. Let me. I'm gonna hang back. I'm gonna hang back and just oversee everything. You know, I don't want to get up in anybody's <laughs> oh, yeah. faces. Yeah, flow's just. Yeah, it's definitely one of the top ones. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we're also is is uh, is Otto. Otto must be running this, so he's it's it's Otto's uh, subconscious. He's really into Peter. Yeah, he's zeroing uh, in on Harry. Peter. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't ever bring up the cameras again, do they? I don't do think they, they show do. those cameras. Are no, they didn't have monitors after this, you know. Yeah, like, I, I, I think the idea is that they need to have cameras in order to do what they do late, like justify the things that they're capable of doing yeah, later, because right. they have to be able to see things. Yeah, mm-hmm. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Mostly a particular um, scene in a doctor's office. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because we won't see it after this minute. Uh, the one like detail I like here is the. Um, 
the actual base that he's standing on when the tentacles are at rest that allows him to hook into it and whatever. Um, oh, yeah. Like Scott knows from the book that they went through maybe 8,000 different iterations of like, how physically will he put these things on? Like right. big, giant, like things they would build for him to step into, like a Vitruvian man type setup. There were just like tons and tons of iterations of this nonsense. And um, to, to to credit like one one more artist, which I really I get a kick out of this idea, they had a sculptor, Ken Jones, who just did a clay maquette of Dr. Octopus, like getting ready to get going. And he had all of the arms just hanging straight down behind him. And mm-hmm. they looked at that and they're like, wait, that's better. And so they just like decided it's the story wise. It's not important. Like all of the different like mechanical things we could come up to c- come up with to like tell the story of like, how does he get his arms on? It's more important that his arms are there. He steps in and now he has them. So they should be freestanding. And it was literally him doing a sketch in clay like he didn't even draw it out on paper it was just him playing around making a maquette where they saw yeah and then he kind of figured out the physics he figured out the physics of it yeah because the arms are all rigid and they're holding themselves up like a quad pod Uh right with with their with the iron girdle yeah you know open they create their own like presentation that way yeah right yeah yeah it's really cool yeah well he obviously had he had to test it in some fashion right yeah to have a neural network in your brain you the some test has to be done i'm sure there was some sort of uh like like a like a mini arm situation i imagine yeah um you know where he tried it off with like one arm or i mean uh he made little fingers yeah gross yeah Yeah. i mean we know put him on his thumb and like like his thumb have four extra fingers (laughs) (laughs) and he's just like look at this look what i can do like, like a okay. little face on the on the thumb. <laughs> look, look, Rosie, it's me. He puts a little page boy haircut on it. Look at yeah. me, Rosie. The gang's all my here. Money. The gang's all have here. You, have you seen my wad of twenties? Oh, I'm gonna use that joke later. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I mean, we did see him putting finishing touches on the inhibitor chip, like a few mm-hmm. minutes ago, in terms of screen right. time. So that's yeah, that's why I know that he's never done this before. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, but I, I, I'm sure that there, are, there has been some kind of proper experimentation with this. But I think it's the first time with these arms. I think this is. I think we're watching these arms being born. Yeah. Essentially, that's why that girl in the back can't show herself. She has been the test subject. <laughs> oh it's no! So messed up. Oh no! She, Scars everywhere. Oh no! She's just, she's just so poked. Oh, I just and now I'm just I'm just thinking of like a dog that like suddenly would have like four extra arms and like, <laughs> what to do. It's like whatever animal. Like, Good. <laughs> Where oh god oh my god imagine if Doc Ock had like a little monkey like a little monkey Doc Ock oh, oh no oh <laughs> like a little monkey assistant Doc Ock just climbing around everywhere oh my god. yes <laughs> and I I like that you the way you phrased it is like the birth yeah because like a, the scene that this most reminds me of is the birth of the Velociraptor in Jurassic Park when like mm. they're uh, they all show up at the thing and it's like all of the science is great and then we have the you know. The score get all big, and then we have the moment where it actually breaks free, and we see the life. There's a bit with one of the top tentacles, like a little close-up, before they lift up all the way, where you can see, like, the motors whirring inside, almost like it's inside an egg that hasn't Uh cracked a shell yet. It's like like a reptile being born. It's really cool. 
And then they're like looking around as if they're sort of exploring the world for the first time. Right. You know? Yeah. And they're imprinting on Otto because And they are a shared consciousness. So yeah. they are, you know, they do have yeah. a certain level of their own autonomy. Yeah. Right. And and so they have their their you know, they're gonna imprint on Otto because Otto is basically like their mom, you know, yeah. to a certain extent. And uh yeah, I don't know. It's just really it's it's really interesting and and cool powerful. the way that they've done this. Yeah. yeah powerful stuff. Yeah. The uh the CGI arms in the wide shot are good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're just far enough away where it doesn't look ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's still convincing like by like nor- like today's standards. Which to mm. granted it's easier with things that are made out of like hard materials than like Yeah. People. But don't tell me you wouldn't be happy though seeing a claymation version of this <laughs> with like some tentacles, just like all herky jerky. That'd be fun. But uh, yeah, okay. I I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't I don't have anything else yeah. for this because the experiment is about to begin. But uh, you know, he's not quite Doc Ock, but he's getting there. He is very close. Yeah, what, I what? I do I do really like though that the arms are being invented at the same time as the fusion thing mm. uh, you know because like it was always in the comics it was like oh yeah no he uses those wacky arms all the time <laughs> and it just happened that <laughs> this experiment happened and then fused the arms like the 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 concept in the comic is that he's playing around with radiation and that's what fuses the arms to his to his body the right. arms aren't the weird part the, the, the radiation is the weird part. The arms yeah, are just, totally normal. So Doc Ock loves his robot arms. Yeah. He yeah. uses them all the time. You know yeah. Doc and those arms. That's his thing. Yeah. What were your uh, what are you what are your thoughts on the Sam Raimi movies, Jonathan? Uh loved them. Um I saw these when I owned my own business uh back in the day. So I oh. took off I went in the morning at eight thirty or nine, the first showing of both of these. I remember Whoa. distinctly seeing them both. I saw the first one. And then I tried to take my son who was younger then, like much younger, probably too young. Uh-huh. He was five or six. Oh. And he went to see the first one and he got too scared and we had to leave. Oh, no. Oh. But, but he's seen it since and he's fine. And the second one I definitely saw before I took my kid because he it was in school. So I went on at like nine o'clock a.m. <laughs> and I was like, I've got it. I've been a fan of Raimi's uh, all through the... Um, you know the uh, Xena Warrior Princess yeah. and uh, right. uh, Army of Darkness, and just all. I've always been a fan of his. So when when they said he was going to be doing these movies, I'm like, well, of course I'm in. <laughs> and you guys had talked about this last season. Uh, you know, Spider Man. You know, was Spider Man and X Men were the first movies that proved you could make this. Yeah, and and Spider Man proved it definitively with money. Yes, mm-hmm. and, exactly. And I and I think this one is this is my favorite one, too. Yeah. It's yeah. my favorite yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah. Phil Spider-Man <laughs> movie. I I love this movie. I it's my favorite. He's my favorite um uh villain. Mm-hmm. Doc Ock in this and uh so yeah, that's my background's pretty much just fanboy. <laughs> anyway, all right. Just looking at this glory shot of the arms. It's so um, good. Ugh. It's. So I'm good. looking at. I'm looking at a, a, a. My my shot's the frozen shot of Otto just about to get in the girdle. He's yeah. got his arms up, and I. It's the last time we'll see Otto as normal Otto. Yeah, I'm gonna miss him. Yeah, I'm gonna miss him too. I really like charming pr- professorial Otto. Mm-hmm. Peter Parker. <laughs> it's gonna be smart. 
Yeah, but lazy. But lazy. <laughs> There's going to be a lot to talk about uh, with his character, though. I'm I'm really excited to dig in. Me too. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Jonathan, thanks for joining us. One more time, where can people find you? Pretty much anywhere. We're on Twitter at Men Impossible, M-I-N Impossible, where we break down the movie Mission Impossible one minute at a time. We also talk about it on our Facebook group at the Impossible Minute Force. And we also now have a Patreon. Oh. So if you are listening... Please go. We've got some fun tiers, and uh, I do a lot of voices on the show, so there may be some, you know, some <laughs> personalized voices for you if you uh, if you so choose. That's awesome. Uh, uh, it's it's a lot of extra work, but it's fun, and I enjoy it. So uh, yeah, join us anywhere. Minute Impossible is available. We're on all the podcatchers. Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks thanks again for inviting me. Yeah, Yeah. of course, man. It's been a blast. Definitely. Yeah. Um, All right. And we will be back on Monday. In the meantime, if you haven't checked out our Patreon, that's a duelinggenre.com slash support. And uh, at $5 a month, you get, you gain access to everything that we do, which is like something like three or four things a week. It seems like at this point, Um, (laughs) it's a lot of stuff. So uh, go check that out. That includes, of course, the weekend bugle, the uh, weekend edition of uh, Spider-Man Minute that uh, Zach and I do where we talk about uh, geek culture news and uh, usually like a Spider-Man thing or two as well. Yeah. Um, so go, do, go, go, go check that out, please. Go check yeah. that out. <laughs> um, help us, help us uh, keep this show going. Uh, and we will talk to you on Monday. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.